0: You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Portia, Arkansas. 2 Kings chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. I know you've already seen it. You've read it a million times, but I've preached from it several times. But let's read it together. 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 20 and 21. And Elisha died. They buried him. And the bands of Moabites invaded the land at the coming in of the year. And it came to pass, as they were burying a man, that, behold, they spied a band of men, and they cast the man into the sepulcher of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived, and he stood up on his feet. Can I read that again? It came to pass, as they were burying a man, that, behold, They spied a band of men, and they cast the man into the sepulcher of Elisha. And when the man was let down, he touched the bones of Elisha. He'd been there a while, touched the bones of Elisha. He revived, and he stood upon his feet, fulfilling the double portion that he promised Elisha that he asked for from Elijah. And I want to preach tonight for just a moment. God is not done with the church. A few of us believe it. God is not done with the church. Will you bow your head and will you help me pray? Father, I love you tonight. I thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and your love. And I thank you for the moving of the Holy Spirit that we've already felt, God, that we've already experienced in this service tonight. I'm asking you to do a work that only you're able to do, Lord. I'm I'm praying that you would touch hearts and touch lives, that you would open our ears to hear. And, Lord, God, first and foremost, I'm asking you would give us as a church a greater hunger and a greater desire for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God, we, we're not trying to be something we're not, Lord. We just want to be what you've called us to be in the New Testament. Let us be a New Testament church, God, that you can work through, God, that you can use to impact our part of the world in the day and the hour that we live in. And Lord, for everything that is said and for everything that you do tonight, I'll be very careful to point people to you, to point them to Christ, or that you get all the praise, the glory, and honor. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray it. Amen and amen. In a lot of ways, the ministry of Elijah and Elisha very much mirror the coming of Jesus Christ and the coming of the Holy Spirit that would empower the church to be what God has called us to be. Elisha asked for a double portion of the spirit of Elijah. His following Elijah from the short time that he followed him sparked a desire for the power of God to work through him. He was there day in and day out and watched Elijah and the many things that he'd done uh, from seeing the little boy raised back to life to all of the things that God did through Elijah. And Elisha did nothing but allow this to build a hunger and a desire in him for God to do even more. He knew surely that the day would come that Elijah would go back to be with the Lord and Elisha would take over his footsteps in that ministry and allow the Lord to work through him. And he did not desire for the things of God to quit, for the things of God to stop but in fact he didn't even desire for the things of God that he seemed to Elijah uh, to continue but he desired more. He said I want a double portion of thy spirit to fall upon me. The fact that he asked for the double portion tells us that when a person truly experiences God, you will not desire less of God, you will desire more of God. If you have drank from the water of life, if you have been in the presence of the Lord, there's nothing about the presence of God that will cause you to back away. You will want to press in. You will want one more. You will want another drink. You will want another bite. You will call the presence of the Lord will draw you closer and closer to to Jesus Christ. I want you to know tonight that a good service should have never satisfied us as a believer. You shouldn't be satisfied after you've been in the presence of the Lord in a Sunday morning or Sunday night or whenever it might be. You shouldn't go home on Monday and think well I got enough yesterday to do me throughout the week. You shouldn't go home and throughout the week do nothing uh, never enter into the presence of God again. I want you to know that a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, a Wednesday night, and I don't care when It is an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, uh, a true outpouring of the Holy Spirit will not make you regress. Uh, It will make you desire more of God. Uh, I want more of God. Uh, I want more of God. Uh, More of God. And less of me. uh, A little more of Jesus and a whole lot less of me. Elijah said, that if you see me when I'm gone, and Elisha did. Elijah said, if you see me when I'm gone, so shall it be that you will be given a double portion of my spirit. They walked across the Jordan River together. Uh, We see that the uh, whirlwind came, the chariots of horses came, and Elijah was caught up. And Elisha would soon pick up the mantle that fell from Elijah. I want you to know I'm mirroring things here just a little bit. Stay with me for just a second. Uh, Elisha seen Elijah as he was ascended back to heaven and the disciples saw Jesus as he was ascended back to heaven also he was there they stood they watched him as he went back to heaven Uh, they were waiting Uh, uh, they were there because the Lord was teaching them and telling them and giving them instruction to wait on the promise Uh, we see a little bit of a mirror there Uh, but after they ascended it was time to be about the work of God Uh, the disciples could not stand there gazing up to heaven where Jesus had ascended and Elisha could not stay on the wrong side of Jordan they had to come back and be about the work of God man I want to preach tonight the disciples stood there gazing. Elijah couldn't remain on the wrong side of the river. It was the disciples' time for them to go and to wait for the promise and the doom and of power that Jesus had promised them. And it was time for Elijah to walk back to the old muddy Jordan River and to strike that river and to say, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And to go about on the other side of the Jordan River. In both situations, there were people watching them. The Bible says, says in 2 Kings uh, that the sons of the prophets stood a while, uh, stood a ways uh, and they were watching Elisha. They were watching to see what he would do with the mantle. They were watching to see if the spirit of Elijah rested upon Elisha. They were watching to see what will he do now. And the moment that he took up the mantle and struck the river and the waters parted, they looked at each other and they said, now we know that the spirit of Elijah does rest upon Elisha. I want you to know we read about the great outpouring in Acts chapter number 2 verses 1 through 4 but I want you to understand that we don't even get to verse number 6 and the Bible says there was a great multitude that had already gathered around what was they doing they were watching to see if the disciples really got anything from God or if they didn't get anything from God I want you to know in both situations there were people watching them there were people where eyes were on them and in a day and an hour that we live in and such as today all eyes are upon the church the true church that claims to be the spirit-filled church of God I want you to know that your family that you're praying for they're watching you your family is watching you those that you work with they are watching you Those that are in your home, they are watching you. Your children are watching you. Your spouse is watching you. Everybody, there's eyes on those that claim to be Spirit-filled to see if they really have what they claim to have. They are wondering, do they really believe in that doctrine of the message of the cross? Uh, Do they really believe in grace and faith? Do they really believe uh, that there's life in the church still today? Do they really believe uh, uh, and have what they claim to have that jesus is able to heal the sick and to set the drug addict free do they believe it or not and they're watching they're watching to see what we believe see the church has been polluted by so many i'm going to be a little blunt tonight by so many hypocrites that are going through the motions. And preaching and teaching so many ignorant doctrines. And I say ignorant meaning lack of learning because they've not gotten the word of God and studied it out for themselves. They're just taking some other man's word for it. Well, why are you this? Well, my grandma and grandpa was. That won't work when you stand before the Lord. Why are you this? Well, it's what I've always been. That won't work when you stand before God. We've been polluted with so many hypocrites and ignorant thoughts and wrong teachings that the unbeliever, listen, the unbeliever in the world has lost trust in the church. They've lost trust in the church. They're not looking to the church to get what they need. They're looking to the world to get what they need. Why? Because the church has claimed to be something that we're not. The church has claimed... To be something that the majority of the church is not. I want you to know, I still believe tonight that there is a real relationship that you can have with Jesus Christ by which you could be changed. That is the first thing that ought to be evidence to everybody that is looking at you. If you claim to be born again, I was on it this morning, and your character does not reflect the love of God, listen, you're not helping the church, you're hurting the church. I still believe in a real relationship with the Lord. I still believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in another tongue. I still believe in the world and the family today needs to witness things like this. Uh, I still believe that the world needs to see somebody being changed. Somebody being transformed. And somebody falling in love with God all over again. I still believe the world needs to witness somebody that is sold out to Jesus Christ and still believes in an all-powerful God. Now... There's been a little disagreement about the number. But our text is the final miracle that God would do through Elisha. Elisha had died. He'd been buried in a cave. It had to be one of the most least expected miracles in the Bible. It came out of nowhere. It came out of absolutely nowhere. They didn't even know he was in there. They paid no attention that that was Elisha's sepulchre. But I want you to know tonight that you can't stop and you can't bury and you can't cover up the promise of God. And if we mirror this tonight, there is many that has brushed the church off. They have thrown the church away. They have disregarded a moving of the Holy Spirit. They have said that healings no longer happen. They have said that miracles have ceased. But I am believing for the power of God to come out of nowhere and to hit this world when they least expect it. So that God, one more time, would say, I'm still God. I'm still on the throne. And I'm about to prove it to you. Now, the promise of God in John chapter 14 and 12 are mirroring things. Says, these works and greater shall you do because I go to my Father. But when he sent the promise of the Holy Spirit, these works and greater, not greater in magnitude, you don't get greater than raising the dead, but greater in number. Greater in number. Now the Godhead is omnipresent, the Godhead is everywhere, all at one time. These works and greater. Elisha did uh, 8 or 16, they're going to argue, 16, I'm going to say. And I mean, Elijah did. And Elisha came and did twice as many, 32. Jesus said these works and greater, greater in number because of the power and the moving of the Holy Spirit. It's still mirroring. We're still seeing that. Elijah fulfilled the promise. uh, And I want you to know that the church, through the church, he is still fulfilling the promise through those that believe and those that experience and those that are asking Him to move in the day that we live in. I believe in a move of God that will come out of nowhere when we least expect it that God again will use the church because God God is not done with the church. 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 God is not finished with the church today. There's a great truth that we have been voicing repeatedly lately and it's even been mirrored a little bit in our songs tonight and that is that we are living in the last of the church age. Give me a little monitor. You may have to turn me back down, but help me out just a little bit. We are living in the last of the church age. In the past few years, even though we believe that Jesus could return any time, how many believe that the Lord could come at any moment, any time? In the last few years, we have seen evil surface, and the world embrace sin like we have never expected, and the world reject righteousness openly and unashamedly. They have accepted and embraced the sins and the grossness of this world. I've never imagined and I'm going to be blunt again that we would be discussing gender identity. How ridiculous I can't think of anything that is a bigger waste of time. Who would imagine that uh, the, the world would vote to destroy the sanctity of a marriage? When God said marriage is between a man and a woman and then our world would legalize a man and a man and a woman and a woman. Who would have thought that our world would have destroyed the sanctity of a God created marriage and a God created covenant and the church is embracing it? Who would have thought that the preaching of love would be accused of me being preaching hate? Who would have thought because I tell somebody about sin that will damn their soul to a devil's hell that they'd say, oh, you hate me. They know nothing about love. We have seen a major decline in the preaching of the gospel in the last couple of decades. The true gospel, a pure gospel preached by those that are anointed and those that are called. And let me tell you something. God is still calling and God is still anointing. The true gospel is meant to bring conviction. The true gospel is meant to cut the heart. The true gospel is meant to move you. I love you. I don't ever want you to leave. But let me tell you, I'm here to move you. I want to preach sin uh, as sin is. uh, Hell hot and heaven good. I want to preach in a way that it will move you. I want to move you to an altar or move you out the door. But I refuse to allow you to sit comfortable in sin, dying and going to a devil. Hell. The true gospel is being replaced by a watered-down, feel-good message presented by a life coach. Where did you get that? Well, they didn't get it in the Bible because it's not in there. Right. Presented by a life coach. How shall they hear? Except there be a preacher. Preacher. Watered-down gospel won't work. Going to a church, well, because I like it, because it's what you know, I agree with. <laughs> well, we're supposed to come to the agreement of the Word of God. That's what we're going to be judged by, not what we like and what we don't like. The lack of true relationship with Jesus has led to the decaying of the home and of the church. And let me tell you something. So goes the church so goes the world. Uh, we see a declining in the great uh, country of the United States of America because the church has allowed their guard to be down. Uh, and the church has. Uh, and the home has. Uh, and unless we come back, to thus saith the Lord, it will not turn around for the better. I believe that as we no longer look for prophecies to be fulfilled concerning the rapture, That we are now just watching and listening for the trumpet to sound. That surely Satan will attempt and is attempting. I need you to hear me for just a few moments and listen to what I'm about to say. That Satan is attempting to deceive the very elect as the word of God says. And he will succeed if possible. And like never before, the devil is seeking whom he may devour. He's come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And without our faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross, he will succeed. Without a doubt, we're living in the last days, and we can expect, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. We can expect a great attack from the enemy, but also in the scripture, we can expect a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit and a revelation of God's power. Church, don't give up on me yet. I said, don't quit believing yet. I don't know what you're going through. And I don't know how, 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 how low the valley is. But I come and I'm pouring my heart out. And I'm asking you. Don't give up on me yet. Don't quit on me yet. I believe with all of my heart that the greatest outpouring that the church has ever seen is just right around the corner. And we are starting to see glimpses of it already. We see where the devil would hit with everything he had. And God would counteract with the moving of the Holy Spirit. And the hell has never created. And the devil has never come up with anything that was able to stop a true moving of the Holy Spirit yet and he won't succeed uh, he never succeeded yet and he won't succeed today there's a pattern throughout the scripture and a good example is Moses with Pharaoh see Israel was praying for a deliverer what they didn't know is that God had a deliverer in the makings he had to take him to the back side of the desert and empty all of Egypt out of him and turn him back around and anoint him and say, you go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. I believe that mirror is what we're going through today. And I'm not trying to be something I'm not. You go tell Pharaoh, I said, let my people go. Okay. He fussed with him at first. He said, I can't talk plain. He come up with all kinds of excuses just like we do. We're trying to believe God for something. And you know what? We come up with all kinds of excuses of why we quit believing God for it. He came up with all kinds of excuses and finally got to the place where he said, Okay, Aaron will be your spokesman. And he walked down to Pharaoh and he said, Here's what God said to tell you. He said to tell you to let my people go. Well, who is this God that has sent you down here? He said he is I am. That I am. In other words, he'll be whatever he needs to be. But bottom line, you will do what he said. Or he will continue to move upon you. Ten plagues. Pharaoh would do something and God would counteract. Pharaoh would say no, and God would counteract. Pharaoh would make it harder on the children of Israel. Anybody ever feel like it's getting harder? And God would counteract. Pharaoh would put more work on them, and God would counteract. Pharaoh would say, well, how about this? And God would counteract. The fact of the matter is, Satan didn't quit, but God didn't quit either. And it came to the place where God had something that no matter what Pharaoh throwed at him, he would never be able to stop or counteract. He said Moses you call the men of Israel You tell them to get a lamb for their family You tell them to wipe the blood On the lintel and the two side posts And when I see the blood I will pass over you You can't stop death Unless you do it by the power Of the blood Of the sacrifice And the Lord said in the morning I want you to know he told them this I'm not, this ain't my message, but he told them this. Uh, he said, listen, after you strike the blood on the doorpost, I want you to sit down and I want you to prepare the feast. Uh, and he said, you tell the children of Israel. He said, you tell them to eat uh, fully prepared. You tell them to have their loins girded, have their shoes on, their clothes packed. Uh, you know why he told them that? God was telling them. Because the moment uh, that we sees the blood, uh, you're going to be, you need to already be ready to go back and out of here. Church, I come to tell you get ready. Get your shoes on. Get your bags packed. Get your faith right because God is about to move in a great way. Amen. I wish we would believe it tonight. I need a little help here this evening. There's a good example and we've got to see it. God kept strong and coming stronger and stronger to where the devil had no choice but to let God's people go. They came marching out. Now listen, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Again, I'm not trying to be something I'm not. I've talked to maybe one of you this week. Don't ask who it is. I'm not going to tell you. That's not important. If we're looking at a great outpouring of the Lord, and surely the devil's doing everything he can to stop it, listen to what I'm about to say. If I can read my scribble, I wrote it down just as quick as I could the other night. It's not by accident and it's not by chance that your marriage is being attacked. It's not by accident and it's not by chance that you've been sitting at home by yourself wanting to have a visitation from the Lord and you've felt great oppression lately, can't even get in the presence of the Lord. It's not by accident. It's not by chance that you've been to the doctor lately and got a bad doctor's report. Oh, that's not the devil. Open your eyes. He will do anything to destroy you and your family. It's not by accident that your children have been rebellious. It's not by accident that your home has been under attack. I'm preaching good tonight. It's not by accident. That we have, and I'm going to say this, and they're not near, have just begun. But in the month of January, we've had some great outpourings of the Lord. Some of the greatest services we've had in a long time. Because we've been rested and refreshed. Let me tell you, it's not by accident that tonight you feel so spiritually dead that you're wondering if they really happened in January. I don't believe that things are happening by chance. I believe that those that truly love God, that believe that he is the same yesterday and today and forever, I believe tonight that it is the purpose of the devil and God is allowing it. He's putting you deeper in the valley than what you've ever been. He's putting you deeper in darkness than what you've ever been. Well, let's see if they'll hold on now. And God is saying if you consider my servant Job and God is saying if you consider faith worship center and the devil says if you'll move your hand and let me attack their finances let me attack their marriage let me attack their health for just a little bit then I'll show you that that church is just there going through the motions I want you to know tonight I believe I'm in the midst of a congregation of a Church uh, that is not going through the motions. Uh, somebody still believing God. Uh, somebody is still expecting a miracle. Somebody is still believing God to heal. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I believe it tonight. Oh, uh, somebody ought to shout. I believe that things are not happening by chance. Uh, I believe uh, in my spirit that we're on the brink uh, of the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost that we've ever seen. I believe it. Somebody says, you don't want to speak in tongues, it'll run people off. Let me tell you something. <laughs> If somebody's getting healed, if you're you're a family member that they say and the doctor said there's nothing we can do and a miracle happens. uh, I don't care if you're speaking in tongues. uh, I don't care if you're doing flips. uh, The anointing of the Holy Ghost uh, is going to begin to draw people from the north and the south and the east uh, and the west. uh, I believe with all of my heart that God is looking and expecting a church that he can look through. Now comes a great attack. But I expect a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit to counteract that attack. I've asked about the history of this church. I hope I can just get a few that gets a great desire tonight. I've asked about the history of this church. Faith Worship Center, which wasn't always our name, has not had an easy road to hold. I've sat with Brother Buford. I've sat with Brother Charles. Not had an easy road to hold. There's been many days, I'm not going to go into a lot, the founders that have been consistent and faithful in the church. There's been many days that they've got in their car and said, I'm through and I'm done and I'll never go back. There's been many times that they wanted to quit and throw in the towel. Probably many times they've questioned, did we rue the right thing or should we just let things be how they was? They put in lots of hard work. When people probably thought it was ridiculous. They put in lots of long hours trying to do something where they would have a place to worship. They've been discouraged. They've been hurt. They've seen people walk off. They've had preachers come in and try to destroy and try to divide them. They've had other people that come in that were not of the Lord. But I want you to know the history of this church, uh, the backbone of this church uh, is built on people that said, uh, but I believe uh, that God is going to do something great. And they held on trusting the Lord to do that. You know you're here today because somebody of great faith refused to let go. They refuse to let go. Today, and we've been, and I believe, divinely joined together. I believe that the Lord has placed you here out of purpose. I, believe, I know that there are people out of many different denominations. People out of legalism. People out of law. People that's come from, uh, from bondage and different things. There's people here tonight that have suffered great hurt. There's people here tonight that has wrote the church off saying I'll never go back to church again because I can't stand church people. There's people here tonight that has been abused uh, in different ways all throughout their life. There is people here tonight that has suffered and been bound by great addiction. Uh, We here today, uh, we have have been told uh, you're going to fall. I've been told you're going to fold up. I've been told uh, I can't wait till the day that it closes up. I'm going to be sitting back Here with my arms crossed uh, Watching for the day that you fold up Uh, I've been told uh, You'll never run a congregation more Than 75 or 80 people max Uh, I don't mean that boastfully Uh, I've been told by people Educated people That work will never go on Uh, I've been told before uh, Oh you'll never last Uh, It'll never work Uh, But I want you to know uh, I've had different visitations of the Holy Spirit When God would say Just continue about my work Uh, Just continue about my work Work. And you know what I did? I've sat and watched people's got saved, gave their heart to God, baptized in the Holy Spirit, healed, and set free. And I've come to tell you tonight that God is not done with the church just yet. He's not done. We've come back to the foundation, we come back to the power of the Holy Spirit and allow Him to move. The Lord is added to. People are experiencing true life and liberty and true relationship because of the message of the cross. Amen. People are starting to understand grace. People are starting to flick off the burden of religion and enjoy the liberty that Christ has made us free. We're watching that people are experiencing true life and true relationship. I come to tell you tonight, God is not done with the church. God's not done with the church. I said, God's not done with the church. They took Elisha. He was one short of miracle from fulfilling the promise of God. They throwed him in the sepulcher. Their way of burial at that time, Brother Junior. They throwed him in the sepulcher. They got him there. I don't know how long he was there. But you didn't see nothing out of Elijah for several years. He was there long enough that his body had decayed because the Moabite man had touched the bones of him, meaning that he had been there for some time. He'd been cast away. He'd probably been forgotten about, maybe talked about just a little bit, but they wasn't going back to Elisha. They'd moved on and moved past him. I want you to know tonight, uh, the world has done the same thing to the church. Uh, They've cast us away. Uh, They have marked us off. Uh, They said miracles don't happen happen anymore they try everything else before they'll come to God they said it was a thing of the past it died off of the disciples all miracles have ceased but I want you to know as there was life in Elisha there's still life in the true church the blood-bought church the spirit-filled church of the true living God tonight still life here there's a great move of God coming I feel it in my spirit strongly. There's going to be loss that's going to get saved that people have wrote off. I'm believing for your family. How great would it be for your mom or dad that is lost or your brother or sister that is lost to be sitting with you on the chair next to you? Can I tell you tonight, that's not too much to ask God. He's not willing that any would perish. You pray for somebody that's lost, you are praying the perfect will of God. I'm believing that the sick will be healed. I'm going to step out here in a big way, but I want to tell you, I don't care if it's a headache, and I don't care if it's cancer. God is still God. My Bible tells me he healed every manner of sickness and every manner of disease. He didn't leave a one out. It doesn't matter what they had. He didn't have to learn of their symptoms. He didn't have to know what stage they were in. He just said the word, God, if you will, you can make me whole. Well, I tell you what, I will will be thou made whole. And they were healed. I believe that the bound were going to be set free. I believe the broken are going to be restored. I'm thankful that we have programs, and I'm telling you that because I mean it. I'm thankful that we have programs to help those that are struggling with addiction. But the program, if it doesn't point us to Jesus Christ, it's a man-made program, and it's not going to help. I'm believing. (laughs) She's not here tonight. But I'm going to say it anyway. Sister Renee, bound by drugs, she has quite a testimony. She has quite a, a testimony. Look, you want to hear about somebody, hear about somebody that came from nothing when her family brushed her off and was delivered by drugs, that has been in trouble with the law, uh, if she's watching, I'm telling it anyway. Been in trouble with the law. We want to talk about somebody. Do you know that there's people that say, "Well, you know, I can't really, I can't really work or do anything. I ain't got a way." And then you got Renee. Now walk an hour and a half to get to her job, an hour and a half home because she didn't have a weight on. You, you, you don't need to tell her that you just can't. Oh, I, I, I just can't. You're talking to the wrong one because if you really want to. And goes to a church on a Sunday morning and she's not even planning on being there. Sits on the back row and the Spirit of the Lord begin to move and an elder came over to her and put her arm around her and said, Honey, do you know Jesus? And she said, No. And she said, Do you want to know Jesus? And she said, Yes. Uh, and she prayed her through to the Lord right then. She got saved uh, and she got delivered. He walked out of that church and she started deleting phone numbers uh, from those that she didn't have need to have contact anymore. I want you to know, uh, I rejoice for Renee but I've not seen my last drug addict delivered yet I've not seen my last alcoholic that has been set free the power of God is no less today than it was then I could go on and tell you about Brother Mark stood up here tell us how many years that he's been set free from the bondage of alcohol. Came up, gave it to the Lord, and God delivered him. Listen, I know. I believe in walking in the Spirit. I believe in grace and faith. I believe there will always be things that needs to be changed. But I want you to know that one word from the Lord and whatever you're dealing with can be gone. I believe in God is not through with the church. I'm thankful for the history of the church. I'm thankful for the great revivals that I'm reading about. How that we have. thing I learned, another thing I have learned from the history of Pentecost and great outpouring is that the Lord would baptized, and there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a moving of Pentecost. And pretty soon, I say pretty soon, within a matter of sometimes years, it would begin to fade. But there was always somebody that refused to let the fire burn out. And they would say, God, you did it back then. I believe that you can do it again. One of the John Wesley, I believe it was, which was the founder of the Methodist Church. And Methodist Church then is not what it is today, and I don't mean that disrespectful, but they've lost track of the Word of God. I will say that boldly. They've lost track of the Word of God. The Methodist movement as a whole. John Wesley in his office one day. Two ladies came. Knocked on his door. I may have them. Knocked on his door. Said, We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, Well, we have a problem. What's the problem? Well, I'm not filled with the Spirit. Well, we want the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, I tell you what, you start showing up and we'll start praying that the Lord would baptize us. They start showing up at night. He had two ladies that refused to let the desire, the power of the Holy Spirit burn out. They started asking God, baptize us in the Holy Ghost. We're not even sure exactly what it all is. We just want to be in with power. The power of God fell one night, and the Lord baptized all of them. He went on to be a great author, a great preacher for the church that blazed a trail, all because somebody, Refuse to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to fall or to, 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 to die. Church, now I share my heart with you and I'm going to hush. Do you know we're a minority? If you believe in healings and miracles, do you know that you are few in number? Okay, you didn't know that? Come on. Did you know that you're a minority? Because most of the world, and even most of the church world, no longer believes that. They no longer believe that God moves in the way that he used to move. Did you know that for you to believe in healing and miracles, that believers will turn their nose at you? But You know what? May it be 15 years. I've got to know some of you. Most of you quite well. We're not just a church, we're a family. And we truly are. I want you to know, and I mean this with all of my heart, and the day and the hour that we live in, in, the condition of the world, and the necessity for the moving of the Holy Spirit, there's no other place. No other group of people that I'd rather be with than right here at Portia, Arkansas. No other place. (laughs) Because I know without a doubt, there's some here tonight that will refuse to let go of the moving of the Holy Spirit. That refuse to believe the healing and miracles have ceased. There's those here tonight. That's been praying for the same things I've been praying for. They've been in there a long time. Oh, you've been discouraged. You're saying, God, why has it happened yet? But every time, I can tell you right now. That I start asking God these things. I always leave with a confirmation. I feel the presence of the Lord come upon me in a confirmation. And God says, I'm just not done with the church just yet. I'm not done just yet. Don't let go. Because I'm not done with the church just yet. And tonight, I've came to tell you that. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what maybe has tried your faith. But I come to tell you tonight. That God, singers, musicians help me. God is not done. He is not done with the church yet. So I'm asking you, don't give up yet. Don't quit on us yet. Someone said, I, I don't know if I can hold on another day. Just hold on another hour. And after that hour, give him another hour. I don't care if you take baby steps. I come to tell you, I believe it so strongly that if you walked away tomorrow, That there would always be something in your spirit that said, I gave up too soon. Because God is just not done with the church yet. Church, there's a true outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's coming in the day that we live in. And it's got to start somewhere in every community. And I'm asking God that it would start right here. Would you stand? I don't even know how to make my altar call. Father we love you tonight I'm thankful God for your grace and for your mercy and for your love thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit that still moves God and operates upon men and women today Lord I carry just a moment I want to make sure God that we hear your voice that we are obedient in this altar call I'm asking you to have your way, God, to move up on hearts and lives today. We thank you for it, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Here's what I feel in my spirit. I feel I'd be wrong if i do anything else and I was going to go a different route. The one thing that the Lord refused to do with Peter before the promise of the Holy Spirit is he refused to leave him behind. That's in my spirit. I've got to go this direction. But I, Peter didn't feel like a disciple. He felt so low because he had denied Christ. Now, when Jesus called the disciples, he said, go get the disciples and get Peter. The thing that the Lord, it's his character and what he continued to do. No matter what he had going on and what he was doing for the people or the multitude. Is he always had time to say, whoa. hold! I feel the Lord. Hold up. Just hold this for a moment. I want you to go get the disciples and get Peter. Hold up just a moment. I'm going to go through Samaria because there's a little woman there that I need to talk to at a well. He always made time to address the individual need. Because let me tell you something. With a true move of the Lord, we as believers, shoulder to shoulder, standing one another, We've always got to make time to reach out to those that are weak, those that are hurting, and those that are right smack dab in the middle of a trial. Because I don't want to go without you. I don't want to go without you. I need you. And you need me. And what I'm looking at, again, is souls. Your family's watching you. I hope somebody's getting at. Your family is watching you. People around you are looking at you. And so, what I don't want is for you to get so discouraged that you fall by the wayside. Because when they watch you fall, they're talking in somebody's ear and they're saying, See, I told you it wouldn't last long. So in my spirit. I feel a hold up. Just hold up for just a moment. We're believing God for a great outpouring. And there's no doubt in my mind that there's several in here believing God for the same thing. But listen. We got to stop and take a moment and back up and say, Hey, I need you believing with me. I need you trusting with me. And if you're going through a battle and you're going through a fight, Well, let me back up for just a little bit. Let me make sure I got on the full armor of God. Let me stand with you. And let me fight with you. Because I want everybody that your life is going to affect also. I want them to be a part. That's in my spirit and my heart. So here's my altar call. I don't know if maybe your marriage has been attacked. I don't know if maybe your job has got you so discouraged. I don't know if your health has been attacked, but tonight I feel it needful for us to stop and back up, to pray pray for those that have thought it's not worth it, it's just not going to happen, so that you will be encouraged, and that we would continue to press on to the things of God. Church. I love you. You'll never understand this unless you pastor a church. I may not be in the heat of your battle, but let me tell you something. When you call and something is shaking your world up, my heart is heavy. I have wept. I've cried. I've said, God, why? I said, Lord, what are we going to do? I want you to know, I refuse to let you go. I refuse to just say, well, we'll do it without them. Absolutely not. I'm here tonight to say I need you. And I don't know what you're going through. But if you'll let me, I'll stand shoulder to shoulder with you. I'll pull my sword. I'll go to battle with you. I'll cut. I'll chop. I'll pray. I'll cry. I'll pick you up. I'll help you. So that we can move on with the things of God. You're here tonight. And you just be honest and say, my faith is weak. You need to bring your family. I don't know what you need to do. But I want you to come. Stand across the front of this building. I've not missed the Lord. I don't mean that boastfully, and I don't mean it boldly. But I've not missed the Lord. May not be nobody comes, but I didn't miss God tonight. Come on, that's you. You need to tell your spouse, come here. Come here. I don't know what you need to do. You need to get your children. I don't know. And I need you to come. Come on, just worship a moment. Just a moment. Church body, gather around them if you want. Church family, in front of them, behind them. Come on, support them tonight. If you were blessed by this message, you can find us on our Facebook page, Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72476. Through Messenger or PayPal, You can find that link on our Facebook page also. Thank you and may God bless you and your family.